A recent Twitter thread by Simon Willison reminded me that I've been meaning to do an episode on the testing trophy. This discussion is about the distinction between unit and integration tests, what those terms mean, and where we spend our time testing. This episode is sponsored by Rollbar. Rollbar is the leading platform that enables developers to proactively discover and resolve issues in their code, allowing them to work on continuous code improvement throughout the software development lifecycle. Rollbar has plans for all situations, from free to large enterprise. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster and can quickly recover from critical errors as they happen. Learn more at rollbar.com. And if you use the link in the show notes, there's a raffle you can enter. That's cool. Thanks, Rollbar. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring this episode. PyCharm saves me time. Error highlighting lets me know as soon as I type a mistake. Code completion and parameter hint pop-ups save me from having to look stuff up. The Git integration makes all of my Git workflows super easy. And then you get a whole bunch of bonus features like the database front end that are super cool. And a super fast debugger. I wonder how PyCharm will save you time. Find out yourself at testandcode.com slash PyCharm. Welcome to Testing Code. Let's run through Simon's thread. There's a lot of great information in there, and I like the topics that he brings up. And then we'll uh, look at some of the articles that he references in the thread. Simon's first tweet is, not sure if this is a controversial opinion or not. Unit tests should make up a minority segment in your overall testing suite, your automated testing suite. I'd absolutely take a project with integration and no unit tests over one with unit tests, but no integration tests. Uh, He goes on to say, the usual challenge with testing language applies here. I'm confident different people have different mental models of what unit and integration tests actually mean. In this case, I mean unit tests, as in tests that attempt to test a single function or class in isolation, mocking or stubbing the things that I might talk to. And integration tests as tests that don't do that isolation, that exercise multiple components integrated together. And he goes on, this is a pretty great distillation of a testing philosophy I'm trying to get at here. And he references um, uh, Kent C. Dodds's article, Write Tests, Not Too Many, Mostly Integration. We'll take a look at that later in the episode. And he goes on, evidently, the JavaScript world has been discussing this stuff in a lot of depth over the past few years. And he references uh, somebody named Swix on Twitter that uh, says in the in front end, we now have the testing trophy and in the back end, of course, the testing honeycomb from Spotify. So um, Kent, uh, he references Kent Dodds. Um, Apparently, this is Kent and Roach G something. Uh, They're testing trophy, which we'll talk about later, and the, um, well, I'll go ahead and describe it here, and the testing honeycomb. So the the trophy is an image that has a a base of static tests that, uh, and then on top of that is a little tiny bit of unit tests, and then a larger integration section, and then the top is a small end-to-end. And if you draw it in a little diagram like Kent does, it looks kind of like a trophy, maybe? Um, the microservices um, uh, hun- testing honeycomb from Spotify is 
it's like a little triangle at the bottom with the implementation, implementation detail tests, and then a larger rectangle of integration tests, and a small integrated at the top integrated tests. So Simon goes on to reference an article by Sarah May. It says, uh, this piece by Sarah is fantastic. It identifies, uh, it defines a work, a framework for discussing test strategy based on the following goals. One, verify the code is working correctly. Two, prevent future regressions. Uh, three, document the code's behavior. Uh, four, provide design guidance. And five, support refactoring. I love these things. Sarah calls this five-factor testing, and I'd actually like to focus on that in a completely different episode. So we'll hold off for the moment. And then lastly, um, Simon says, um, I hadn't seen this piece by Martin Fowler before, which matches my own concerns about how hard this conversation is to have, thanks to the vagueness of the terms unit and integration with regards to testing. And I definitely agree. Um, so the uh, the article by Martin is called is called on the diverse and fantastical shapes of testing. So uh, first of all, I really like this overview of Simon. He links together. Uh, I'm including this. I'm going to include the thread in the show notes, and I hope he keeps it up because I think running through his like ideas around this and referring to other stuff, um, we get in a lot of stuff. So the difference between unit test and integration test and really what those meanings have. And then we have to define what unit and integration means uh, to have this discussion. We talk about testing shapes um, and then also referencing things like uh, bringing, paying attention to other programming worlds. Like uh, mostly I'm in the, uh, I sit in either the C++ world or the Python world, mostly Python on this podcast. Uh, taking a look at what other the best practices are in the JavaScript world and other communities, I think, is important. So Kent is usually Kent C. Dodds is usually in the uh, JavaScript world. I think that's what he writes about. Um, so that's um, so we'll, we'll cover the right tests, not too many, mostly integration, and then Martin Fowler's Kent C. Dodds has a, a several articles on this topic. Uh, first, I'm, I'm going to first talk about a later one. This one's from uh, June of 2021. The testing trophy and testing classifications, where he talks about a lot of the stuff around this, but um, in particular talking about uh, the his definitions for unit and static, and that's really what I'm going to talk about here. The definitions listed in the article are uh, unit tests are those which either have no dependencies, collaborators, or which have those their dependencies and collaborators mocked for the test. And an integrated test are those which test multiple units integrated with one another. So Simon says he's using that definition too when he says um, we should do more integration tests and less less unit tests. Now let's jump into one of the articles referenced uh, by Simon. And it's, it's an article called Write Tests, Not Too Many, Mostly Integration. Um, this one's also from Kent Dodds. Um, this from July 2019. Uh, he links also in the, I'm going to link this in the show notes, of course. Uh, he links to, has a link in here for a, a 2018 talk that he gave at, I think, at a CertJS uh, conference. But it's a, it talks about the entire discussion. I, it's only 17 minutes. I encourage you to, to listen to it. It's a good talk. But he, I like this, uh, this notion of write tests, not too many, mostly integration. 
and the 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 talk is titled that too and he he uh, kind of goes through that um he he credits Guillermo Rauch for uh for coming up with that that he took that from a tweet from Guillermo from 2016 right test not too many mostly integration um i love that too it's nice short simple and it might be surprising to me that to uh, somebody listening that i actually would be agreeing with not the not too many part like not too many tests and i it shouldn't be surprised because i've mentioned this before of um i don't brag about how many tests i've written or are on a code base because i wouldn't brag about how many lines of code i have on a project either i mean wow i wrote hello world with uh with 15 lines of code that would be terrible just as it just as it would be to say i've got a thousand tests for my hello world program that seems ridiculous, but why do we think it's not ridiculous for other things? Test code has to be maintained too. So um, I'm going to like quickly run through this because it's a 17-minute uh, video. It's a short article too, but I'm going to jump around. We need automated tests to help us develop. That, that shouldn't be a tough one. The not too many is interesting. Kent actually talks about the whether or not you should go for 100% code coverage. It's actually not as clear in the 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 document is is in his uh, talk. 100% coverage totally makes sense for libraries. Of course, you'd want 100% coverage for libraries, and it's it's really not that hard to do. Even coverage, code coverage, doesn't tell you if it's good testing. It just tells you that you've covered it. The idea around the not too many is uh, you have diminishing returns, especially on applications, if you try to hit 100%. And uh, so there isn't a number you should hit, but you need to look at it differently. We have some cool tools in Python where we can, like uh, with covers.py, where you can configure it so that it ignores the parts you don't care about. And and I, I actually, is if it's not difficult to do that, I, I, I think that's a good idea for Python projects. Code coverage is a good idea for telling you what parts of your code are not getting tested, and you can see maybe they should be tested. But if there's little corner cases that really are never going to get hit, um, trying to hit those just because with unit tests or whatever just is silly. I use code coverage to tell me if there's parts of the code that I just forgot to test, and that's a great use for it. But uh, also, open source projects are different. I think is is a good thing to come in mind. And open source projects are often not applications but libraries, and that totally makes sense to hit up 100. percent It's it's frustrating to work on an open source project that doesn't have 100 percent coverage because it's hard to tell whether or not you covered your own code that you contributed. That's why the uh, mostly integration is the, the the meat of what he's talking about. And the idea is that uh, unit tests are cheap to write and they're fast to run. End to end tests are expensive to write and they take a long time to run. So the integration is between that. So the integration level is uh, is more costly than a simple unit test, maybe, but I don't think so. But less expensive than end to end and the idea around that is is not just the cost and the speed, but value. If I test a little tiny function that I know works, it doesn't really help me to know that I've got a working application. But if I test through the whole application that a workflow works, I have very good confidence. And the idea around Kent is the integration is a nice sweet spot of it gives you really good confidence in your system without being too expensive. And I kind of like that. Anyway, but this is Kent's, Kent's ideas. I do want to also talk about uh, the Martin Fowler article that I think is really is really interesting. 
Martin Fowler's article on on the diverse and fantastical shapes of testing. Um, this was written in June of 2021. He said, pyramids, honeycombs, trophies, and the meaning of unit testing is the subtitle. Um, and it's, it's a great article. Uh, it's a, he talks about um, basically the, the, this discussion about the testing pyramid versus the, the honeycomb versus the, the trophy shape. Is, um, it kind of falls apart if you examine uh, the terms unit test and integration a little bit better. I'm going to pull out of a couple things out of this article. The point of these images is to indicate the amount of effort we should expend on various types of tests, in particular the balance between unit and broader tests. The pyramid argues that you should have most of your testing done in unit tests. The honeycomb on, and trophy instead say you should have a relatively small amount of unit tests and focus mostly on integration tests. Martin says the biggest issue he has with this discussion is that it rendered it it's rendered opaque by the fact that it's not clear what people see as the difference between unit and integration tests. The term unit and integration have been rather murky, uh, even by the slippery standards of most software terminology. As uh, he originally understood it, they were primarily an organizational issue, and they go back to the days of large waterfall projects. And he's describing a project where these really big projects where um, they thought of a, a unit test as like th- there's different units of code, like you have different library, like like DLLs or something like that, and you you got a team working on one uh, subsystem, and there and that subsystem was the unit, and the 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 larger system was the the system. So a unit test was testing this subsystem, not testing a function, but a subsystem or something, and that's an interesting concept. Uh, many people today ran into unit tests. I'm still kind of quoting from this article. Many people today ran into unit tests as part of the X-Unit family of testing tools pioneered by Kent Beck and Extreme Programming and then on with test-driven development. Kent, use, Kent Beck uses unit tests to indicate tests written by developers as part of their day-to-day work. That's how I learned about the term unit test. I was using unit tests for a long time, but this... Uh, uh, with this t- this terminology, because that's where I learned learned it from, and uh, and then I was confused about all this mocking stuff. I'm like, you know, what's going on there? Kent's uh, Kent Beck's definition: Programmers write unit tests so that their confidence in the operation of the program can be part of the program itself. Customers write functional tests so that their confidence in the operation of the program can be part of the program too. This is this is back in the first edition of uh, Extreme Programming Explained. Uh, I don't have customers that write functional tests. I write the functional tests for my software. So yeah, we have to write both functional tests and unit tests. Notice that in this back to uh, Martin's article. Notice that Kent's original formulation unit test means anything written by the programmer as opposed to a separate testing team. This is a good distinction. I remember considerable discussion over this issue of unit test. Uh, one test expert uh, vigorously lambasted Kent for this usage. And so uh, Kent and Martin and others asked this person uh, to define unit tests. And he replied with, in the morning of my training course, I covered 24 different definitions of unit tests. Okay, so, um, and then Martin Fowler goes on to say, maybe we shouldn't talk about unit tests and, and integration tests. Instead, let's call them sociable tests and solitary tests. So a sociable test is a test of a thing, like a class or an API or a library or something, and all of its dependencies are 
attached to it. And then a solitary test is the isolated part thing. And that distinction might be more interesting. And he also talks about basically the original testing pyramid. In the testing pyramid, unit test was all developer tests. So that makes more sense. I totally buy the testing pyramid. If if in if it's defined as the the bottom is developer level tests, above that is like uh integrated system tests that are difficult for developers to run. And then above that is like uh, you know, end-to-end user GUI tests. Like I I buy the testing pyramid if we call if we define unit test as like everything that uh developers write. I like that. Uh, actually, Martin Beck uh, even refers to Justin Searle's tweet. Uh, it says, people love debating what percentage of which type of tests to write, but it's a distraction. Nearly zero teams write expressive tests that establish clear boundaries, run quickly and reliably, and only fail for useful reasons. Focus on that instead. It's actually a decent place to leave this, uh, but I'm not going to. Um, I love Justin's sentiment of like, we've it is silly to discuss what like these shapes uh it's interesting it's an interesting discussion but really what we want is expressive tests one of the one of my big things around testing is i think we should test behavior we should test behavior not implementation and the behavior it could be a programmer defined behavior but the really important stuff is the behaviors that we expose to the user so the the functionality of our systems that we promise to the users, those are the things that we should be testing, of course. Now, there's other stuff that we should, contracts between us and different teammates, contracts between us and different sub-teams, those are important too, and those are good to test. Because we like if you got another team that you're depending on for some library, you can just assume, you kind of assume their code works. So we assume that they test it. They should test it according to what our expectations are sure and the same vice versa so anyway i like uh it behavior over implementation and that kind of falls into what integration tests so what how do i define unit tests versus integration tests i tried to do like martin and define it as uh, for a while i used to define a unit test as a, as anything a developer would write which really is all the tests but really as a functionality a unit of functionality so uh and that this actually comes up in martin's article a little bit is uh you can write an integrated test a, a test for something but but it's really focusing on your class even if your or your function or whatever the thing you're looking at all of its dependencies you just assume those work and focus on on the the functionality through your class you don't stub it or mock it, but you just assume everything else is correct. This is a decent way to test, and there's a lot of times where that works just fine. Um, so I thought of, uh, I used to think of a unit as a unit of functionality, but um, I'm a small fish in the uh, the testing community as a whole, so I decided that that was just confusing because almost everywhere where somebody looks up, there's, some, there's so many... Uh, uh, consultants and people writing articles and stuff that refer to a unit as a unit test as a little tiny test around one one class that uh, or one fun class or function and anything larger is an integration test. I don't like that definition, but I've 
stopped fighting it. So I just generally don't use the terms integrated integration test and unit test anymore. That's why I prefer terms like functional test or feature test that that people don't even know what that means, which is good. Um, but it's actually better than them not thinking they know what I mean and being wrong. So it just at, opens the discussion. Um, anyway, I like, I, I think you should, I'm going to attach a link to the, the Twitter thread and attach a link to these uh, two articles that I covered. And, uh, they're, they're really quick reads. This will take, take, probably take you less time than listening to this episode to go read through it. But it's a really kind of an interesting, uh, like quick start uh, on understanding what some of the different uh, types of testing terminology are out there. And anyway, uh, get back to me if you have any more questions and if you'd like me to cover other general categories like categories like this. Thanks. Thank you, Rollbar, for sponsoring. Rollbar enables developers to proactively discover and resolve issues in their code so they can work on continuous code improvement throughout the software lifecycle. Learn more at rollbar.com. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring. Visit testandcode.com slash PyCharm for a four-month free trial of PyCharm Pro. Save time, use PyCharm. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Join them at testandcode.com slash support. All of those links, as well as links to the things I've discussed in this show, are in the show notes at testandcode.com. That's all for now. Now go out and test something.